and welcome to another episode of State of the Franchise. I am Tom Stadler, here with my co-host as usual, Fred Dakin. How's it going? Doing beautiful today, Fred. I'm, it's a beautiful day. It feels beautiful outside, and I feel like I've been hearing music all week. All day, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact. Oh, uh, yeah. Very excited to talk about this uh, episode today. Because it's going to be a little bit different than our first one. And I think that's what's exciting about what we're doing here. And we got like a really good guest. I mean, Joe's good or whatever, but we got like we got like a real guest this time. Yeah, we, le- we leveled up. We leveled up a bit. <laughs> um, this week we are joined by Brian Bayer. Brian, say hello to Hello. Him. Hi. <laughs> it's me, Brian Bayer. Thanks for having me. Can we call... Do you take the title as composer? Because I've seen you compose on stage. Sure, yeah. I've done some composing. I, I can. Do so you'll it. take that title? Yeah, I'll take it. Because that was like the sure. idea. We were like, who are we going to have on the this episode? We wanted a composer. A composer? An arranger, I'd say. I've, I've arranged things. You know, which I is could just kind of stealing, but <laughs> in like a good way. <laughs> well, we like know Brian from doing improv. Um, we don't really need to get into it, but we were on a championship team. We don't want to talk about we it too don't much. Right. Want to talk about father figures, six-time dual champions, champions of the dual tournament down at the interchange theater. Theater, yeah, theater, yes, mm-hmm. co-op, yeah, co-op, no. co-op, mm-hmm. yes, co-op, yes. Mm-hmm. Brian, board member at the the theater. Well, yes, mm-hmm. I'm a steering committee. Oh, steering committee. I'm sorry, not not a board there, member. There will be a board. There will maybe be. Maybe I'll be on it. Maybe I won't. That is we'll, exciting. We'll have to see what the what the owners say. The what the owners. owners, but yeah, I suppose so. But as a steering committee member, yes, you are not an owner of the theater. Oh well, I am. So but, you're, but you're, you're answering to yourself a little bit. Yes, a little bit <laughs> at this point. But we're still, you know, we're 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 building it up. Mm-hmm. So and it takes it takes a while. But. Mm-hmm. but we would do improv shows, and Brian, he's a great an accompanist. Is that the right word? For yes. What com- you do? You play. And I'm the I'm the soundtrack mm-hmm. that's being. Uh, Improvised as well. And if you haven't seen an improv show with music, you're missing out because I feel you make every show like 20% better and you make it even more fun to be on stage because you just add that music to the moment. You know how to highlight what a lot of times I'm going for in my mind. You're like, I hear it in the keys and I'm like, he knows. (laughs) Yeah, I'm kind of like the I'm kind of like the New York City of Sex, sex in the city. <laughs> like the fifth character, and I'm just in the background, but like. Well, the city yeah. was a character yeah. in that show. I right. mean, it's something so nobody identified like, as the city. Right, because it's a city. Yes, exactly. And yeah. I guess that song also, or that that show also had a soundtrack, right? That's that. true. Has New York City ever won an Emmy, though? Mm. Like, has I think this could be the year for they New York might, City to get I some mean, Did Brooklyn Nine Nine win any? I guess that's like. <laughs> Brooklyn, New York. I don't know. I'm stretching. NYPD it's Blue could also really... fall in there, too. Well, as I mentioned, this is uh, the podcast, State of the Franchise, where each week we are going to be diving into a franchise in the very loosest sense of the term, whether that be a sports franchise, movie franchise, uh, TV franchise, restaurants, anything mm-hmm. that goes. Uh, this week we are going to be discussing the works of Michael Giacchino. This is a special episode where we like we stretch 
the term franchise for what we want, but I think this is a great one to start with because the dude knows franchises. The dude knows franchises. This is a man who has touched many franchises, and we're honored to have Brian here today with your music background. And I actually kind of want to ask you a little about that, Brian. Mm-hmm. Like, where did you actually get started with music? Um, well, I, I grew up in Appleton, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and... Uh, Center of the Arts. Center of the Arts. <laughs> Well-known uh, artistic hub. Willem Dafoe. In fact, yes, he, he yes he did come from there. Sometimes he tries to say he's from uh, Milwaukee, but no, we know. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I took, like, I remember I took a Yamaha class in, like, second grade or something, very young. Where it was like you had all, I remember the blue bag I had, and you had all your music, but you'd like go to a studio where they had the keyboard with all the other kids, and you'd oh, wow. play your thing, and I only did that for a little while, and then I guess the next time would be, I uh, started percussion, playing percussion in the school band, that was my thing, um, and then around that time, high schoolish, I also just started to play the piano again, just like doodling things out because I don't know I, I guess I had the the music was in me you know? <laughs> like, so like self-taught then for piano yeah for the well yeah for the most part I mean the being in band and everything you you learn a good deal about that and like how to read music and everything right? yes yeah. which I'm still not great at it's kind of slow I don't like the staff system like bass clef and treble clef mm-hmm. I know there's a reason for it but it's just, especially with piano, where you have to be, like, reading two at once, and then uh, one one is, like, one note lower than the other. Mm-hmm. So, like, a, an E is on this line on the bottom, but then on the top it's a different one. I'm like, why Why did they make this yeah. so complicated? That's I'm struggling with that because I, like, I'm self-taught bass guitar, but then now I'm trying to learn keyboard. And it's like, I kind of have to just go back to the beginning, it feels like, because... I yeah. just get go turned around. I get so turned around by that stuff. Yeah, like just put the treble cl- or put the put the treble clef on the bottom, and I'll know that's my <laughs> lower hand. I know there's there's some technical reason for it, but eh. And you got like the you got bluegrass band. Is that what it is? I well okay. So I'm. <laughs> it's it's an Irish band. Okay. Irish because none of us are really Irish. Uh, it's called Uncle Fergus Magic Whiskey Band, Oof. and we oh, play. Uh, we play. This is the kind of the arranging part. So we play, we take like Irish melodies um, and then put the lyrics from modern popular music on top of it. Is that like, because I'm sure there's probably like some simple Irish melodies that you can really map like some contemporary songs on. Yes. Especially like pop songs. I yes. Uh, I think the easiest way to describe it is we do uh, Danny Boy, which is actually technically an English song. Anyway, <laughs> but everyone oh. associated Danny Boy. Uh, but that's our version of Freebird. So it's like, <laughs> if I should leave you here tomorrow, okay. and so on. And, and yeah. chills. Yeah. Um, I don't so know yeah, if I should applaud or <laughs> just like in awe. And then it go, oh, you should hear the whole thing. It's great. We got, uh, uh, our mm-hmm. fiddler, uh, Amanda Washkin, she does, we, we give her the whole solo at the end. But she's doing it on the fiddle. Anyway, so, um, yeah, because I took I started playing the five-string bluegrass banjo, which also does not appear a lot in Irish music, so it's kind of a weird mm-hmm. side thing there. But I picked that up about ten years ago, eight years ago, something like that, and just decided I wanted to play that and learn that. So, yeah, self-taught. Um, I'm not like a 
technically I'm not the most skilled person, but I can I can get a good feel of it. Mm-hmm. I can hear something and play it. Because that's, that's kind of how I started. I would play like little like Mission Impossible. You just figure out the... <laughs> dun, 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 right. <laughs> and the classic... Oh, yeah. That's my move. Yep, everyone. Chopsticks, number one hit. I just remember before an improv show, we didn't really know each other that well, and I remember asking you to like... If you knew any Hamilton stuff, this is before it got like overbloated. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. This was like where it was still kind of new. I mean, and you were into it. I remember oh, that. Yeah, you I were like, just... oh, yeah, I got it. I think if, uh, if someone asked you now, you might be like, eh, I don't know about that. Nah. <laughs> like, I know it, but I'm not playing it. Thank it's, you. Dude, yeah, I... When you audition for musicals now, they'll say, please, no Hamilton. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> Ouch. I was looking to audition for some Christmas carols coming <laughs> up. And I just saw that and I was like, well, I was planning to go and rap. Damn it. <laughs> well, if you get any Christmas carols, make sure to plug it here on this podcast. Oh, yeah. For <laughs> gotta, sure. We got to know for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as we, uh, you know, as we kind of talk about, you know, getting into like the whole performance of it all here, you know, that's something that I, I think I was curious as well, too, is just when we talk about like music and film and composers, like, you know, I, first of all, like what is like the first thing each of you guys think of? Like, that's kind of what I, I want to know is like when you are thinking of like a, the perfect music score, like who do you think of? And like, what does that come out to be for you? Like, I'm just going to, the, the goat is John Williams. Like that's, and specifically, well, not specifically, he's done a lot of good stuff, but star Wars is like, just the the I'm a I'm a basic bitch for Star Wars <laughs> and John Williams because it's just like he's got everyone's got their own like theme and it just ties well together and it's it's uh, yeah and he doesn't he doesn't sleep on it in his old age like if you listen to those. You know, depending on how you feel about those last movies, all those <laughs> scores are pretty great on yeah. those last movies. Oh, yeah. Movies. He's, yeah. he's like, well, I'm at least going to yeah. this part good. I showed up to work today. <laughs> he didn't mail it in like everybody mm-hmm. else did. But then it's like, you if you go through his whole, like, I don't know, filmography, it's just crazy, especially the one that sticks with me, though, and just because I was, it was right age, right time, is his Harry Potter theme, oh, especially yeah. that main Hedwig theme they call, yeah. like... That's if that goes on somewhere, I can like I'll just drop it. I'm like, what what's going on? You know? <laughs> magic is magic happening. Is happening. Magic. Yeah, magic, he yeah. he has that knack of just like finding just the right thing. You're like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Like it just in your head, you're like, oh yeah, that's that's how that sounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a basic bitch thing to say, like, oh yeah, John Williams, but right, like who can do that better than him? Right? Like, yeah, I would say the person who does great character scores similarly but not as big sweeping as Danny Elfman for yes. individual characters I really like if you listen to like the Beetlejuice it sounds like Beetlejuice is coming to your house it's like yeah Oh. Yeah. And ba- Batman, too. His mm-hmm. Batman is, like... Because they, like, just ended up using that for the rest of Batman a lot of the yeah. times. Like, mm-hmm. even, I feel, like, Zimmer, like, doesn't do it, but he flirts with it at times, for he sure. Does. I know. It's like... I, I remember having this discussion the other day, too, about the how 60s, like, TV theme songs are, like, so, like prevalent still today it's weird mm-hmm. like everybody knows the adams family theme everybody knows the 60s spider-man theme yeah but like everyone knows the 60s batman <laughs> theme but like 
growing up, that Danny Elfman's Batman soundtrack was like just as like mm-hmm. big for me. That I associate that immediately with Batman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and like it's crazy. They were still using it in the before the Snyder cut. I know that. Yeah, we we don't need to open that can right. of worms. But yep. I'm just gonna say <laughs> the <today>. OG <laughs> Justice League movie, not a movie I like, but has like a really Batmany scene, and they use like they bought the Danny Elfman score just for like that moment. And when yeah. that's happening with Batfleck, I'm like, I like this, and it's all because probably the score. You ever just want to like have a good time if you're going somewhere in the car? Just like cue up the Batman soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and you'll oh. just be like, yeah. That's what I do with John Williams with like star fight, like when they're fighting in space, anything like that. That kind of music is great. And it's a weird side story. In high school, we we had to shoot a video for our French class and use like key phrases. Uh, and we were like, okay, we'll use these phrases, but then we'll have a car chase for some reason. <laughs> and on the radio, we put in the CD player on the car that, that <laughs> fight music from Star Wars, just because I was like, this fits here. Yeah. Anyway, so John Williams. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, there's some other really, like, uh, James Horner is one I really like. What's like, did. what's some Horner? Uh, well, my favorite of his is Glory. Which I don't know if you've seen that. No, seen Glory, Glory, but I can't think of the best score. Denzel, right? Yes, uh, mm-hmm. and Matthew Broderick and Carrie Elwes. What I remember from that Morgan movie Freeman. is Morgan Freeman's in it with actions like he kills people in that movie. It's oh crazy. yeah, <laughs> it's it's weird because I have this I don't know war movies. It's like a weird thing to be like because there's no soundtrack if you're in a war. You're just like <laughs> yeah. oh I'm uh, my friends are dying and I'm killing people. Uh, <laughs> but like those movies, it's like you feel. Yeah, there's there's one scene. Well, I don't want to spoil it now. If you two haven't seen it, you should see it. Okay. Anyway, right. does the North win? Uh, <laughs> yes. Well, I have seen. it. I just don't oh, remember okay. it. Yeah. I mean, I remember the Denzel scene, of course. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's like the scene. Like, yeah. Right. Uh, there's there's a scene where they're like marching out to the beach because all right, you know what? I'm just gonna yes. I'm just gonna spoil. Spoiler. It's a historical record. It's the story of the I think fifty fourth. The first, like, black regiment of the Union Army. Oh, uh, sure. Um, and, so, you know, they face a lot of struggles because, uh, racism. Um, <laughs> uh, but at the end, they, they get basically their, their order to capture this fort. Mm-hmm. And, spoiler, they all die. Oh. Which is like a downer ending. Dang. But that's what happened. They it's weren't like going to be like one of American history. Yeah. It is, but I tell you, I gave a lot more shits about these guys than the Rogue One. Hell characters. yeah, like real people. Yeah, oh, yeah. We have some Rogue One takes on here. Not I, a fan. It's no, I liked it, but I just I didn't have time to connect with like. I'm like, oh, that guy who I met like an hour ago is dead now. What's well, too bad? Before we move on to like other stuff, and we're talking about initial scores and in our life, I don't know. Who, I can't remember who Shyamalan's guy was. I think it might be James Newton Howard in those movies. I think you're correct, yeah. Was I, I was like 11 or 12 when Signs came out. I bought the Signs score when that mm. came out because it was a very Hitchcockian like score with like... Yeah, yeah. And I just remember like being like that kid, 11-year-old with my Signs score. Yep. Yeah, Horner also did Titanic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Avatar. Um, no, I'm blanking on that. But those, those are like the big. He did mm-hmm. a lot of big stuff. Field of Dreams. Um, you could just look and go. Oh, he did. I think he did Land Before Time and American Tale. I heard some Cameron in there. Did he do like the T two score, or was that maybe a little too early? 
I'm just curious. No, I don't (laughs) think so. I think he, uh, Titanic was the first thing he worked with Cameron. And then he kind of was like, I don't want to work with James Cameron again, but he brought him back for (laughs) Avatar. So, but he did die after that. The only person who wants to work with Cameron again is, um, James Cameron? (laughs) Yeah, James Cameron, 100%. Who's who's the guy, though? Kyle Reese. Oh. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's Michael. Michael Bean? Yes, Michael Bean. Thank you. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm trying to think of the other composers I listed. Howard Shore. Howard. Yeah, that's one that definitely, it's got those themes. Like, the, the Shire theme is, you hear it and you're like, oh, this is like what it's like, a safe place. I have a Lord of the Rings sleep playlist. That's sele- mm-hmm. It's like oh, select yeah. things, and I always start with, I think it's like Concerning Hobbits is the name of the track, and that's the... Yeah, and everyone loves that. Just, I love that opening with the, uh, like, I don't even know what instrument. Just like mm-hmm. I almost was doing the Godfather theme, but that's yeah. not what I meant. <laughs> but you know no, what yes, I mean. I know. <laughs> no, yeah. like that was no, magic. No, no. Who did that score? Oh, um, I have that uh, Nino Rota. Okay. I just got this image in my head now of like boring and I'm like, one does not simply walk into the world. this favor. Um, Take the eagle. Yeah. <laughs> Leave the ring. <laughs> Danny Elfman, we mentioned Hans Zimmer, who did... Yes, Driving Miss Daisy. Um, Of course, the number one. Because that was his thing. He was like the pleasant composer, and then he became the bomb guy later. Did he do Lion King? Zimmer? Yes. 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 Because what I love about him is he tours that stuff. I don't know if he still does, but he went to like Coachella, and he's like out there with the guitar playing like the Pirates theme. Oh, yeah. Which... That's a damn rocking theme. I think that's the thing that holds up the most from Pirates of the Caribbean is the theme. Yeah, that first, oh, like, at that first movie, I did not see that coming. I was like, no. well, this is going to be some kind of crap. I was like, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> like, rocking theme and, like, fun. It was. It was such a romp. It was just yeah. so much fun. Um, yeah, I think there's there's a lot of good stuff out there. I know one that we didn't even talk about, too, that I'd be remiss not to bring it up, but John Carpenter, too, and just mm-hmm. his... His synth-heavy themes, and maybe it's because we've been listening to the uh, Blank Check podcast going, <laughs> but they've just been doing all the John Carpenter movies, and they keep bringing it up, and then just thinking about the Halloween theme, and it's just like, mm-hmm. it just sticks, and it's like, it's so simple. Yeah. yeah. And he's a, he's a guy, like, where he's kind of also, like, Robert Rodriguez, where he's like, I'm just going to do it myself. And, yeah. you know, like, making their own score, editing, and that's kind of uh, talking about the person we're talking about today, Michael Giacchino. I feel he's someone who could do something like that. I want to talk about that later, where he could be, like, the sole creator of a project. Interesting. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to hear about your, your theory on that. Um, I mean, I think that's that's something that I definitely want to uh, touch on, too, is how he's multifaceted. The fact that he did video games, he did TV, he did movies. Like, that's almost like the, the holy trinity right there. Yeah, he's. I think he's a Tony short of an EGOT, right? I th- he probably is at this point. Yeah, I thought that's what. Yeah, because he probably has an Emmy for Lost. Emmy, yep. Yeah. Emmy. Emmys for everything. Yeah. Oscar yeah. for. Uh, up, married, but yeah, it up? up. It was up. He won the. He won that was best either animated yeah, score if they have it separate, but I know that one. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's. Yep. Great Grammy Emmy. Grammy awards for The Incredibles. Oscar nomination for Ratatouille. Ooh. And then he won for Up, I thought. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. he got a 
uh, Emmy for for Lost. So that, somebody's just got to give him a, a play to do. Well, and that's the thing. I don't know if this is something they were planning to do on stage, but I know him, Brad Bird, on that on the Gilbert Gottfried podcast, which I recommend <laughs> everyone. I feel everyone likes Gilbert Gottfried. Right? <laughs> he's kind. He's kind of like the friend that everyone likes, but then if they get like drunk and annoying, you're kind of like, eh, he gets like, except his game drunks like nine eleven jokes. Oh god, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, I, he's yeah. a very entertaining guy, and he's had some bad takes, and you know exactly. it, it happens, and you're like, all right. But yeah. I recommend the podcast because yes. he gets great guests, and he had Brad Bird and Giacchino on there, and they're talking about doing a musical. But it sounds like this would be a film thing, but they need to put it on stage, get that tone. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait for it. Do a do a Lion King and just like yeah, we'll just bring that over to the stage. Incredibles. And make, make a billion more dollars. Thank you. Yeah, I think there there's something though to how that all comes together and like. The score is really, in my mind too, and I know you, you probably said this before, Fred, but it is one of the most important parts of the film, I think. Like, I can think of a lot of movies that I love the music, Greatest Showman, for specific, but I thought the movie was just, eh. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, but I guess, yeah, like, what what do you think is, like, you know, the most important thing? Like, when you, when you think about, like, if a film, like, why do you think it is the most important thing? Like, what are some of the themes that, that you kind of bring with it? I think the the idea of, like, uh, supporting and heightening the emotion of a scene, not overshadowing it, but just, like, being there to... Because to, there's already, you know, uh, emotional kind of reactions or whatever kind of reaction the filmmaker is trying to uh, convey, and then you put the music in, and if it's really good, it's like that's kind of the music you almost hear in your head anyway. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that's 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 a good, you know. Yeah, you know you're not doing well if the music feels like it's forcing you to feel something and you're not getting that from the actual material. Yeah. Like, yeah, it should be extra. If it's out of sync, it's, like, worse somehow. It's, like, mm-hmm. dissonant, and you're like, man, why is that, what? Yeah, well, it's like, I, I just think it's, like, it's trying to, like, pull that emotion out of the audience, right? Like... I, I know I think of that a lot with John Williams. Like, the, even the Jaws theme, it's just like, you just start to feel dread. Because you're like, da dum da dum Yeah, it's such a simple, it's just two like, notes. Oh my god, oh. But it's like, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just... It's, or like, the, um, I mean, with like Star Wars, he, he took the idea of, I'm going to use a fancy term now, leitmotif. I don't know if that's how you pronounce mm-hmm. it. But where like, you know, specific characters or kind of, ideas have their own little theme that gets woven in and kind of interplayed and there's variations on it. Um, like, of course, the Imperial March, which actually doesn't show up till the Empire Strikes Back. Yes. Uh, in the in A New Hope, it's just kind of a... It's just kind of a background thing. And then... I think then I learned that two years ago and I watched A New Hope and I was like, oh my God, they really isn't in this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, at all. I, I thought that was like, Lucas once again going back and being like, nope, trimming that out. I'm going to put it back later. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, Those movies aren't done. That's yeah, okay. this isn't the final That's version. That's okay. Not the final version. I've got, <laughs> I got another cut coming yet. <laughs> and I, like the Imperial March, I like to imagine, this is not true at all, but in that world, like, that is their theme song. Like, that's the <laughs> anthem they play at, like, military parades. Well, we know that they like, played at the propaganda stands. I saw oh, that in oh, Solo. Yeah, you can right. hear it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they might have done it on, uh, 
<laughs> I think Rebels or something, but yes. Okay, then that is, yeah. You guys remember Solo? No, he did not do so. He only did Rogue One. Uh, right. Yeah, they yeah. probably just clipped it, that's all. Yeah. yeah. They probably have he, he access a, to all yeah. his music, I bet. Yeah. But yeah, I just like, or like, uh, if if it's someone's birthday, like on the Death Star, they're like, Happy birthday to you, yes to you. <laughs> you That's are you older, yes you do. <laughs> Guys, stop it, you shouldn't have. <laughs> so, if you were going to score, like, a major franchise film, is do you think you would start with, like, just reading a script and getting feels, or would you want to take the characters and be like, what's this character about? How can I give him music, or how would you um, do it? I, I I mean I'd want to read it first, but I think I'd I'd, I'd have to see the like see it and hear it mm-hmm. and like get the get everything out of that before mm-hmm. I could start really because the way I'm reading it might not be the way it comes out of mm-hmm. uh, an actor's mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think I'd, I'd want to see that first, and then I, I just kind of uh, play around and kind of. Uh, evoke a certain feeling or a certain uh, kind of musical uh, style or uh, yeah, kind of theme like that. Because a lot of a lot of composers do this, uh, where it's like, oh, that kind of sounds like X. So like uh, with John Williams, like some of this sounds a lot like The Planets by Holst, mm-hmm. where it's not the same. He's not just, like, ripping it up, but you're like, it's a very, mm-hmm. it's kind of a similar feeling, and it works. I heard, and I don't even think there's that much validity to it, because I think it's exactly what you're talking about, that people are like, oh, you know, uh, he kind of ripped off that Jaws theme. It's kind of, I think it's, yeah. but I mean, with so many notes in the world, that's kind of how no, it goes. Yeah, James Horner had that, too, a couple mm-hmm. people, and I was like, well, that's pretty. Close there, Jimmy Boy. Yeah, and something I don't know if John Williams is, but I can assume because I know Hans Zimmer. It's like if Hans Zimmer does a score for a movie, it might not even technically be Hans Zimmer who's scoring your movie. He kind of has like a unit, and he might send out like a person. Which I don't know. I'm just very fascinated by all that. Like I want to know the exact yeah, like the- soup to nuts of how this works. Like because I know. Some composers do just get the raw screenplay and start mm-hmm. from there. Yeah. And, like, that would just... I couldn't do that. I can't remember how John Williams does it. I think I've read it before, but now I can't remember. I remember I having think a, it's... a friend, though, years ago. Don't mean to cut off your thoughts. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> but he was just telling me that, like, Williams borrowed so much from, like, classical, classical music. And it's, like, symphonies that people aren't even, like, that familiar with. But, like, yeah. you hear them, you're like, oh, yeah, this is the same thing and yeah. it's like well yeah at some point everything becomes parody right like right. I mean even what we were talking about beforehand Giacchino clearly had to take some very famous scores and try to yes. make them his own he does definitely get uh, handed a lot of things yeah. That's like, someone has done this before, but you can put a little spin on it. Yeah, a lot of his tracks, like, I listen to the Jurassic Park or um, the Star Wars. It's like, he gets a good, like, two minutes in the beginning of the track where you can kind of, like, jazz set, like, with the similar vibe. And then the last 30 seconds, they bring in, like, the original, and yeah. per- like, yeah, march, yeah, or they bring you... in the original. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, oh man, that one gets me every time, too. Oh, yeah. Every time, chill. Folks, all those, like, old feels. Yeah. Actually, I wanted to go through this quick. I wanted to read every single 
like notable work that he's done because I think it's actually truly I underestimated him. Yeah, hundred percent. You see why I was excited? I was like, he's yeah. done it all, baby. I mean, here, <laughs> let, let, I'll start with like his movies here. So he did The Incredibles, Sky High, Mission Impossible Three, Rat Tattooey, Cloverfield, Speed Racer, Star Trek Two Thousand Nine, Up, Cars Two. Not Cars 1, just Cars 2. The shitty one. The shitty one. I've never seen any <laughs> Cars movies, so. Uh, Super 8, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, Star Trek Into Darkness, Jupiter Ascending, Jurassic World, Inside Out, Zootopia, Star Trek Beyond, Star Wars Rogue One, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man Homecoming, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, War for the Planet of the Apes, Coco, The Incredibles 2, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, and we're not even at the games yet. We have Bad, Bad Times at the El Royale, Spider-Man Ooh. Far From Home, Jojo Rabbit. Like, that's a yes. murder's row of fucking yeah. movies. Is Tomorrowland in there? Was that Tomorrowland is also We did do that? I forgot that existed, though. Yeah, is and it? not to mention that he also is going to be doing Spider-Man No Way Home, the Batman, like the Matt Reeves one, and Jurassic Ooh. World Dominion. Mm-hmm. Like, that'd be very They're handing him another, like, famous theme where it's like, here you go. Uh, play with that a little. Yeah, but like, did, does anyone have a catalog? I mean, besides your John Williams, probably your Hans Zimmer, who did like the epitome, like cool uh, run. Yeah, they're all old though. Like this guy, yeah. he's not like super young or anything. It's just crazy. He's not a super old guy, and he's he's like the guy for Pixar and Marvel, and yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. I think he found he found like him and Brad Bird and J.J. Abrams. It's like he they he's got his guy, mm-hmm. and now he's just gonna get funneled all that stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah, which I'd, is good. Yeah. I want to check out that Jupiter Ascending score because that uh, score—that's that's a movie I stand for a little bit. <laughs> Jupiter Ascending—that's one I have not seen. Is that that's the one with. Uh, that's one with Chang Tatum and Mila yeah, Kunis. Yeah, I did. I think I did watch that, and it was weird. If you watch it as like, oh, this is kind of like a darker Disney movie, mm-hmm. you will enjoy it. If you watch it as, oh, this is going to be like the Matrix, <laughs> because the thing is, the Wachowskis. <laughs> They're not generally like that. I feel they're mm. very like goofy Disney brained. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it was uh, unique. I'll mm-hmm. say that. I wonder if he's doing the Resurrections score. That'd be cool. Resurrections. Which one? Matrix, Matrix Resurrections. Oh, they're back, baby. <laughs> that would be back in the Matrix. But that's W. Morpheus he's is Disney's hot guy. now. <laughs> Lawrence. Anyway, that's a whole different. Yeah, <laughs> get into that uh, later. But it, it's pretty incredible, though, just to look at the length of that list. And yeah. this isn't even talking about... He did Alias, Lost, Fringe, Call of Duty, Medal of Honor. Yeah. Like, th- those are not small titles. Like, everybody still talks about Lost. And, and they do concerts of the Lost music. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Which... Um, <laughs> do they crazy. explain what happened? Because I'm still not sure. <laughs> I think I saw the first season of that show, and then I stopped. <laughs> I... I guess it's, it's... I think there's a dog that's Jesus or something. I don't know. What? Now I need to watch this show. <laughs> I don't know. That's not a spoiler because I'm just... I don't know. So I guess what I want to ask you guys, though, is what do you really think about Giacchino is it on the whole? Well, for me, I was the one that picked it. Sorry, I just jumping in. No, go ahead. I this when we when you threw out the idea of doing franchises, I knew I was like, how can I backdoor this to talk about something I've been excited about? And I've been driving Lyft and Uber a lot, and I get sick of just listening to... Like music than me, like right. radio like music. Pop music. Yeah. So I've been listening to a lot of scores, and I just was like, "Oh, who's this? Oh, Giacchino. Oh, who's this? Giacchino. Giacchino. Giacchino." And it was just like it's <laughs> all, all him. 
So, like, that's why I was excited to talk about him. Okay. So you are, like, fan, big fan of everything he's mm-hmm, done so far. Like, especially his Pixar scores. Like, those are my go-to just for, like, amp, like background music. I love him. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely, he's good at, uh, he's got some real good hooks. Like, The Incredibles and Up. Where it's just that one, Up is just... I mean, it's a little more complicated, but that da 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 repeat that in all sorts of different ways, and it it's very uh, it's like a, a whimsy, and I think mm-hmm. he does that well. Um, it's kind of hard because he he does get a lot of like big name franchises that are already quite famous by another yeah. composer. Yeah, and he also I feel when he does Pixar, he somewhat even takes from Randy Newman because. People think of, like, the Randy Newman songs, but he does a lot of, like, he did, like, the Monsters, Inc. score, and you listen to the Monsters, Inc. score, mm-hmm. you'd think it's a Gia, Gia Keen. Like, yeah. it, they sound similar, and I feel oh, like he wow. listened to the Monsters, Inc. score and was like, oh, this is the Pixar vibe, and then you listen to the rest. Maybe except for uh, Incredibles, because that's going for such a specific thing. Yes. With that brass, like, oof. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting, too, because I did want to talk about, like, the fact that, like, I think his Pixar scores are very inspired, and, like, and I guess I didn't even connect it to Monsters, Inc., but, you know, because it's, like, they're, like, instantly recognizable, but I think to something that Brian said, just as I was kind of listening to a lot of his soundtracks, I do feel like he's kind of handcuffed a little bit in some of his, like, live-action movie scores, and I would say there's not one among them that I thought was, like, man, that's as memorable as The Incredibles, Mm -hmm. or that's as memorable as Up, like, it's kind of my hot take. Like, I was sort of like, he's a guy who gets the job done, but I, I hesitate to be like, yep, he's great in that, like, Tom Cruise movie or that Marvel movie. Like, the Doctor Strange theme is the only one I can that's think of that's, like, very... <laughs> yeah. I was literally waiting. I was like, but that Doctor Strange theme. <laughs> yeah, I think... And I don't know if this is just me, because um, part of it, too, is repetition for really getting to like something. I don't watch a lot of movies over and over again mm-hmm. anymore, like like I used to, and that's probably why like I know the Star Wars score so well because I have listened to or listened to it and watched it like a lot. Like I have all those soundtracks, right? And like with a TV show or something, uh, music from that you're watching it every single week. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, for like some big movies, you know, you're not. It it goes through and you're like, okay, this is good, and you're focused on the story, and it's like there, but you can't. Mm-hmm. quite recall it you know unless you're watching it again yeah. maybe paying more to do it that's a good point because yeah, i think one of the things i watched recently to to do some studying for this was uh, ratatouille and i was like man this score is really good i was like this is just very catchy very memorable but then like yeah so I, I was reading some of these and i'm like mission possible ghost protocol I can't think of anything, and I pr- I've probably seen that movie only like once or twice, but still, like it just didn't come to my head. Whereas, like after I saw Inception, all I could think about was that Bob, the Bob. <laughs> okay, guys, I get it. I, I I feel the same way, but I also think that score does something really good with that French song. How they like oh, yeah. keep playing at different speeds, and like, isn't that what the Wong is? Is that song super like slowed down? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, I like it, but I also yeah that that was what was wrong with like movies for the next ten years after yeah. that. Yeah, everything really wanted to be <laughs> ten years, twelve years since inset thirteen. It's a lot. We're getting yeah. there. Jeez, I know it's crazy. Makes for a good trailer though. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, like wah should just be allowed in trailers. Yeah. Those, now. That helps a lot for a trailer too. These mm-hmm. these soundtracks, if you get a good clip, because you're like, ooh, like, bah, bah, bah. yeah. Although, like, <laughs> well, we'll get. Are we still going to talk about up at some point? Oh, oh yeah, because that that was one where the trailer did not really prepare you. It's, At least for up to me is the movie that like walks in without saying anything and punches you in the stomach. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. all right, enjoy the rest of the movie. Just a just swift kick to the testicles. Yeah, because the trailer was just like kind of a short film version of him getting like the yeah, balloons like, and like. Yeah. Gangs I went and, in and like, oh, all right, well, old man's gonna have balloons. I wonder what's gonna happen five minutes later. Why would you do that? <laughs> Why would you show me that? I want to have a good time. <laughs> See, but that is my good time. I'm by myself. I'm like, I'm going to put on up and have a good... (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's been dissected a lot, but that opening sequence really, like... That's famous for a reason, like, it it does... And that score is good. Because he can just play, like, those four notes or whatever. Not even like that. He just... And just leave it out there. And just like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I I think if we look at like his some of his highlights too, it's like the Pixar stuff. I think is far and away his like mm-hmm. I, at least in my mind best that he's done. And like, he also he seems to very much be still a working you know composer because we yeah. watched that new Kevin Costner HBO Go movie like with him and Diane Lane where it's like old people getting vengeance like it's some like it's like a modern western drama for old people you know oh. and at the very end I just saw music by Gigino Gigino and I was like Gigino joint like I got you probably gonna be one of those things where I just notice it now <laughs> like uh, who's the guy uh, Lud- Ludwig Göransson yeah, the, the oh, Mandalorian, yeah, Mandalorian guy. Yeah, I didn't mention before but his the Mandalorian is like that's a that's a great like Star Wars that goes up there I'd say above above Rogue One because it's a very memorable oh, yeah. thing I'll probably give you the that theme wise for sure yeah. that's another good one to put it on the car if you're like I gotta take care of some business and he also did the Black Panther score I'm pretty sure and that's that's enough because like the Marvel movies like I could care less about the scores. Like, some of the I, character themes can hit me, but... I can't ever keep the Avengers theme in my head. I know it's famous, and I know there's, like, a... When I hear it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, it just, like, it flies out my I head. know. I'm trying to think of it right now, and I all of a sudden, like, devolved into the Back to the Future theme. I was like, ba 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 I know. It's like, most of that, it's like... Yeah, I can't right now. It's I gonna, had it, but then you guys started buying, and I lost it. People at home are screaming at their radios. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see, it's, uh, just, I can't, I can't even get it. I just l- listened to it like yesterday, and I'm like, damn it. Well, we gotta drop uh, as a. I'm looking at the wall. Alvin, Alex, Alan Silvestri. Oh yeah, yeah. Alan Silvestri. Yeah, we, we should just put that up. name out there. Yeah, <laughs> just because. I mean, it's what. It's who else? Fine. When you go through a yellow light just in time, in my head, I hear <laughs> that. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> that is. Oh god, that's a great. I just want to talk about Back to the Future forever. <laughs> that's going to be like my thing every week, and be like, how do I bring Back to the Future into this? Mm-hmm. Just have to go back. Gotta go back. Gotta go back, Marty. Back, back. Oh, Marty. Uh, <laughs> what else would you guys say, though? If you, if you had to go even a little bit beyond... I mean, I guess... 
certainly Pixar itself, but like if you had to go beyond it though too, what would you think are some of like his other big like accomplishments or big highlights? Um, I don't know if it's a highlight, but one of the things I when I was listening to like the playlist, the the video game Medal of Honor, like mm. the very first one on PlayStation back in nineteen um, <laughs> that I remember playing. It's a very like unique soundtrack, and I remember at the time like starting up the game, I was like, "Ooh, like this is this is different," because mm. um, not a lot of games had like like a movie score. No, um, and if you, I, I can't remember. It's something. It's kind of like a. Something like that. It's yeah. very Copeland, like Aaron Copeland fanfare for the common man. Uh, the natural kind of uh, thing, which is also oh, Randy yeah. Newman, by the way. I think people just don't know Randy Newman does like the scores too. Yeah, they all they think, think he's like. I mean, he did the score for a Marriage Story. Yeah, it's gonna get angry and get a divorce. Yeah, he's a yeah. It's it's a weird thing where you're like ah. Kind of grating, but at the same time, it's kind of good. Like oh, you got a friend, me. That's a that's a great song. Like, yeah. I mean, our the monk theme song. Ooh, um, pretty I good stuff. Well, okay, I clearly didn't know enough about Randy Newman. Like this might have to go on the list. Like, you didn't know he did the. <laughs> I never really watched monk. monk, but like some of his other good show. Good show. Good show. So you got Glory to watch, and you got Monk. <laughs> It's the ultimate list. Glory and Monk. <laughs> Monk, I remember when I went to San Francisco, that's what I watched mm. every night when I like came home to like wind down. I just mm. put on It's Jungle out there. Yeah. <laughs> I think a different theme song in like the first scene, but not as good. Oh, it was inst- yeah. yeah, it was just instrumental. I didn't know if he did that one or not. Oh, and just to forewarn you, uh, his, his boss, or the chief of police, is Ted Levine, a.k.a. Buffalo Bill from Silence <laughs> of the Lambs. Randy Newman says... No, 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 in the show, in the show, sorry, Tony Shalhoub's character, Monk, the chief of police is is Buffalo Bill. That dude made a career playing police officers after he's like, oh, I gotta, I'm something different. (laughs) I gotta show you what's gonna happen. Because he's like in, he's a cop in heat. Yeah, in the, yeah. the lotion in the breast. (laughs) The lotion in the fucking bed. Yeah, uh. So anyway, yes. video games. Yes, he did that memorable video game. Well, we some- I know you had down here. Like, I don't even want to go through this list, but I would have been happy as a composer for video games with his list of games he did, like Small Soldiers, like The Lion King, mm, like yes. the old sixteen bit uh, games. Yeah, there's. I mean, that that here. That's where you got to start, right? Yes. So he actually did. Um, as I was like reading up on him, it was like back in. So he had graduated from college in '86, and he got like an internship with Universal, and they like kind of parlayed him into the whole industry. And he was like, "I'm going to take this job with Disney as a producer, so I can hire myself to compose the music mm. for Clever. Disney Interactive Games." Hey, and yeah, so seize that market. He was going like he was like a film school person, right? He wasn't, yeah. like, necessarily a straight-up music person. We all are film school people before we become I, something else. He, it's like the at, caterpillar before the butterfly. <laughs> he thought at some point he had to go to Juilliard, so he definitely had some music music going on there. Yes. Unless that was just, do they do film stuff? Do I took know? a film class in college. Mm-hmm. Oh. We watched mm-hmm. F for Very Fake. F for Fake. And I was mm. like, this is B for boring. Oh! <laughs> 
Got him. That reminds me of the one the one soundtrack I was going to dunk on, which I don't. There's not a lot of soundtracks either. They're like, meh. There's not a lot I actively hate. It's a TV show, Twin Peaks. Oh. I do not like at least the opening theme and that Laura Palmer theme. And it, it's it's an unpopular opinion. You're apparently. in a Twin Peaks house. I know that. Yeah. And and it's just for me. It's like it's a guy like just who leans on his synthesizer and like. <laughs> That's a little button. Tom, Maybe put- it's the synthesizer that it's, there's, yeah. Anyway. Tom, put the knife away. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm i glad people like it. It's just for me, I'm like, what? Maybe it's, uh, I'm like, I have ADHD, so maybe it's just a thing because it's very, there's not a lot of variance. And it seemed when I tried to watch the first season, he's getting mad. Like Tom is just punching his pillow. It just came on pillow. like every single like extra scene like this. It's the same song again. I'm not doing it's supposed to evoke emotion, Brian. We talked about well, this. Then add some notes. We're supposed to feel for Laura Palmer. Add some instruments. And that she died before the show did even they, started. Did they play a shitty synth at her funeral? Yeah, <laughs> probably. No, like I know it's yeah. Did, I know. Didn't you see the scene where they like all like play some weird song together, like that creepy guy and like her cousin that's like her clone? Oh, and I didn't get that far. Uh, and fucking Cheryl Lynn like, Finn you know and I like the or not the, the jazz that um, boom, 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 that part's cool. Oh, yeah. I'm down with that, but I don't know. It's just very that the opening gun you theme like is coming back boom, in style. Boom. <laughs> we'll have to do Lynch boom, one of these times. Boom, 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 boom. Like the kids in the hall theme song. See, now you're going to end up going back to like Twin Peaks and you're going to love it. All right, and we'll, we'll see. It's happening again. Anyway, now that I've had my hot take of uh, people thinking I'm dumb now because I don't like that. Yeah. It's just me. I'm, I'm Other people uh, enjoy it a lot. As yeah. I found out when I looked it up, I'm like, am I crazy? Oh, yeah, no, I'm crazy. <laughs> I am crazy, but just not a little unwell. It's a rock town. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um... I think something else, though, that, you know, I did want to talk a little bit about, because I think The Incredibles, we've talked about it. You've talked a little bit about it, kind of dropping, like, some hints about it. But I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about it. Arguably, I would say that's his most recognizable score. Would you guys not? Or maybe, Brian, you go in. I'd say between that and Up, yes. Okay. Um, Yeah. Up is weird, but I would say, like, The Incredibles is the one, though. Yeah, where you hear it, you're like, yeah, yeah, that's The Incredibles. Mm-hmm. Like, you hear, like, three notes of that, right? And it's like, yep, yeah. this is The Incredibles. Mm-hmm. And it's very, it is uh, very evocative. As I, as I put in the notes, uh, it's like if the Mission Impossible theme song turned into a lady, and then James Bond uh, had sex with that lady, and they had a baby, <laughs> that's, the, that's The Incredibles theme. <laughs> Which is not, to, it's not bad, that's a good, yeah, he did a good job of both And that baby was adopted by Disney. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Um, and because also, as we've read, uh, they offered, uh, at first they offered the, the part of composer to John Barry, mm. who, uh, composed a lot of James Bond movies. Did like, he do the theme? He didn't do the theme. That was mm. some other guy that I can't remember. Oh, but he's brilliant. done a lot of the... Yes, but he did like a whole bunch, and apparently he turned it down because he didn't want to return to his mm. older material. Like... All right, just throw away all that money. I will say I've nice. seen I've seen quite a few James Bond movies, and he does have a lot of sex with women. Yeah, yes. but most of them he don't does. live long enough to have children, no. though. Jam- oh, James Bond is a whole level of uh, problematic, <laughs> so but that's okay. It's Monty Norman Monty wrote Norman. the James Bond theme. It's received yes. royalties since 1962. Oh yeah, which was yeah, because Doctor No was 1963. <laughs> yeah, but. 
you really do hear those those notes of yeah. James Bond in it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Man. So well, they're talking and, about a lot of brass. And yeah, that mm-hmm. get some xylophone. Piano in there. Half um, this recording is just going to be us going like. <laughs> well, and even the, the it doesn't quite line up because I tried singing it in the, in the car to the but the Mission Impossible because the credits is like dun 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 and Mission Impossible dun 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 dun. And then the, mo- the modern family score is... Or even the, the like... It's just... It's like descending by a half step. And I liked for the second movie he did a character like... He did like 70s style like... What's his name? Oh yeah. Frozone. And those are all great. Oh my god. It was good. Yeah. It's like, it's interesting though too because now you can kind of see the thread that he did do the Mission Impossible. The- well, I mean, he did a Mission Impossible yes, movie. One, and three, and four, I thought. And three right. predated Incredibles one. Had to have. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's really the 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 main part of that is from the mm-hmm. what was it the sixties that the, the Mission. Yeah, I listened to like because you can listen to all the Mission Impossible themes and they slightly different. I would say the Ghost Protocol one. He plays a little. He has a little more fun with it. Yeah, sure. yeah. The one that surprised me when I was listening to his playlist was actually Star Trek, and I was like, "This is pretty good." Like, because I think yeah. it's different than all the other Star Trek soundtracks. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm not a huge Star Trek fan. It's like Goldsmith and, was the main guy for the Star Treks. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Right. And that's that's another one where it's like I thought. I mean. The next generation is the one where so it's to me like oh, yeah, that's that's, that's <laughs> what Star Trek sounds like because mm-hmm. the original's got that kind of weird still <laughs> lady on the ship <laughs> singing <laughs> but yeah I thought he did I thought he did it pretty good that's a very very like bombastic epic kind of feel that he got yeah and it kind of I think that's what I liked about it is it yeah. kind of like it feels a little more like Star Trek for the modern man. Or modern yeah. person, sorry. I haven't, I haven't seen no any one. of those J.J. Abrams, but I just finished all the other Star Trek movies. You remember, I watched yeah. the Generations movies, and I watched the old, you know, original motion pictures, so I'm thinking about checking out these J.J.'s. J.J.'s are... Did he do the third one, though? No, I'm just still calling him the J.J.'s. Oh, okay. <laughs> the third one is James... Not James Wan, Justin Lin? Oh, yeah. James oh, Wan or Justin Lin. It's one of them. The Fast and the Furious guy? Oh. I, yeah. I did the third that. Star Trek, I actually think Beyond is my favorite one of those three. And that's the Justin Lin one, I'm pretty mm, sure. Yeah. Okay. It's... Yeah, that one's got some Idris and, like, an unrecognizable, like, makeup. Like, it's mm. pretty pretty mm-hmm. intense. Yeah, I... Yeah, I think that's... And that's a score, too, where it's, like, a movie is the place for that. Mm-hmm. Like... If you heard that in a TV show, you'd kind of be like, wow, that's, that's a lot for a TV show. This is a lot. Show. But it, it's big. Like, it needs to be blah in front of you mm-hmm. up on the screen. Not blah, but blah. <laughs> yeah, very much like a galactic symphony. Of yeah, it, yeah. Right? It's, yeah. It's space, which is very big. Space. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, like, I thought that one was pretty interesting. Yeah. So I think uh, just as we think about things that we did like about him. You know, one segment that we have every week we like to talk about is like, coulda, woulda, shoulda. And 
the idea behind this is to offer is just alternative things that um, the franchise could have done or maybe that things they could have made even better. And yeah, so I guess I'm curious to know, you know, what were some things that as you listen to him, you maybe wish he would have tried more of or maybe even like, I think even for this segment this week, like were there movies that maybe you would have loved to hear him do a score for? Mm. Well, the thing that I mentioned earlier that I would love to see him do with his career, since he comes from a place of film, not just music, I want him to do the Robert Rodriguez thing where he was going to write, compose, direct. I don't know if he's got like a movie writing in him, but I would love to see like a fully formed Giacchino like, you know, situation. Mm -hmm. When you're talking about it too, right? He did go to film school. Like, before he got into composing, but... Yeah. He seems like the one dude Brad Bird wouldn't be annoyed by if he called for help either, too. Yeah. Oh, we didn't say that. I have to say this. Speaking of, like, the connection with Brad Bird, when they were making Iron Giant, uh, Michael Giacchino's brother was making a documentary about the making of Iron Giant. Mm. And apparently the whole documentary is Brad Bird being kind of a dick. (laughs) And everyone else like, well... uh, Brad likes things the way he likes them. <laughs> Just like that kind of. I remember once. Made a pretty time. good movie though, but yeah, yeah. He did. Wasn't he supposed to write Star Wars episode seven? He was offered the original Star. Yeah, the, Star Wars. He was the first person they asked. I'm pretty but sure. Was he supposed to direct or just write it? I think he was supposed to write and direct like at least the first. Huh. Man. Which that's that's where I think he needs to be. I mean, we can talk about Brad Bird on another podcast, but yeah. Or you know what? I'd I'd say give it to uh, the name that I'm completely blanking on, but the guy who does uh, Mandalorian and the Clone Wars. Oh, the Favros. Yeah, Favro and uh, the other guy that Filoni. Yes, Filoni. Yes, Dave Filoni. Give Give them the franchise, please. Yeah, that's true. They know how to do Star Wars. Well, they're gonna do it all through TV. They're basically doing the the Marvel TV shows. You have a longer, uh, yeah, you have more space. Really, a better bird, I will say. Uh, even though we don't need these and we're getting one anyway, Indiana Jones, I think, would have been Brad Bird's thing because he's very good at spatial. He's good at comedy. Like, I mean, yeah, Indy is very much like an animated Pixar, like, comedy action thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. so Giacchino might have a shot at Indy 5, knowing that that's coming out, unless they're going to just go back to John. Which, why would you not go to John? Williams? Yeah, I'm like, if he's but, wanting to well, do it, got give it to John. Yeah. Yeah. But as a plan B? He yeah. sat in that seat. You yeah, know, the yeah. Williams seat before, so you could do it. Yeah, because if you had Brad Bird on episode seven, you potentially have Giacchino doing that score if John yeah. Williams does get that kind of 30 mm. serial uh, era kind of mm-hmm. adventure. Yeah. yeah, well, it would have been fun to hear his take on it. I think because his Rogue One score has some interesting notes. Yeah, he kind of, uh, in some of them, he kind of takes what John did. John, I'm gonna first name <laughs> John J Dubs, <laughs> and kind of like the Imperial Suite. I listened to a few times, um, and that's very Wagner, like bum 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 bum. bum. The Jin Urso theme, or like slash Hope something, was uh, that one reminded me a lot of. Uh, across the plant, across the stars, which is the Anakin, uh, Anakin Padme like theme. Oh, it's a very that one has a oh. similar like yeah yeah yeah. That's a good pickup. 
it's a very kind of wistful. Uh, I like that thing, theme yeah. a lot. Yeah. It's a nice romantic theme. Yeah, that was probably the best thing to come out of. <laughs> anyway, that's a whole nother Star Wars. Man. I don't know. The dude I, serves. John, yeah, John Williams serves. John Williams brings it up. That's for sure. Yeah, I I don't know, though. I, I think a lot about yeah where that could have gone. I think he's got, I mean, a big career hit. I'm very curious how the Batman is going to sound. That's the one I'm, like, excited. And I think more of so, mostly after this podcast, I think I'm going to go into that theater, hopefully, and, like, he, be looking out for that, you know? Like, yes. I want to hear, like, I want to hear a new Batman theme. Like, yeah. the idea of that is just... I would not be upset, though, if he repurposed a little bit of Elfman. And just yeah. Kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or if his penguin theme was like... Alright, here's kind of a out-of-left-field one. So, okay. one of the first uh, projects that uh, Giacchino did was the Sega Genesis version of Gargoyles, mm-hmm. which uh, the TV show of that I'm a big fan of from 30 years ago, whenever it was. Um, and... I think, because there's been talk, like, maybe we're going to bring it back. Maybe we're going to... It's still, like, 30 years later, I think there's talk, like, uh, uh, and I dropped his name. Are the we thinking of the get voice out. actor? Who did get oh, out? Jordan, Jordan Peele. Yes. There was, I saw a story where he had some interest in bringing Gargoyles back, where I'd be what? like, yeah. Wow. Anyway, that, that theme song is a very good, like, instrumental... But it's only a few, there's only a few major riffs that they kind of overplay in that one. Mm-hmm. Keith David, bring him back. He's, he's still in it, too. He's or like, still he's still it. interested. He'll be like, oh, oh, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do that movie. I mean, Ed Ed, <laughs> you can't get Ed Asner, sadly. Yeah. Which is, yeah. He did get to do uh, Dog Doug Days or whatever. I don't know if you guys caught that on Disney+. Plus. Oh, yeah. It's a a bunch of shorts with the dog from Up. Mm, And they become very grating after a while. I like this. This is the whole show. (laughs) (laughs) We always had a running uh, running bit, running gag with some friends, which was, is Ed Asner still alive? Because for the longest time, I thought he had died. Yeah. Because he's always been old to me. But, and then it did happen. And yeah. now the game has ended. And that's that's all yeah. over now. I it's know. like, there's no other good people like that. Because Christopher Plummer was one of those you could, like, see. Oh, my God, he's still alive? No, yeah. no, no. There's mm. one. Dick Van Dyke. Oh, yeah, alive. Dick. Oh, yeah. Some people, you're like, what? Really? Yeah. Yeah. And- that, that still blows me away. That dude's like 97. Like, yeah. And there's some... He like surfs. I don't know if he surfs now, but I know ten, five, ten years ago he was surfing because he got lost to sea and like dolphins pushed him to shore, he said. <laughs> Nuh-uh. Yeah. That's very popping shit. Like, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <true>. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear But who is, who is the guy from The Exorcist? Was, that was the other guy who lived forever. Oh, Max... Uh, Max von Sydow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they made him up for The Exorcist, so oh, everyone... Right. He aged into looking just like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Pazuzu's still around, right? Did, did, <laughs> she yeah, still oh, kicking. Am I not supposed to say his name? I don't remember. It's Real probably quick, fine. Did you guys know... This is random, but I have to say it. Did you know who Max von Sydow was supposed to be in the first Star Wars movie. Oh, Obi-Wan? Wedge and Tilly's. What? Cool. He said he did. He wanted more money and he was willing to do it, the actor. Oh. <laughs> what if Luke's best friend was an old man? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess he went into that old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Think about that. 
It would have literally just got caught in a trap. Yeah. 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 But I would love them to like be that ballsy, like, we're gonna bring back a deep cut wedge into these people are gonna be like, who? Yeah. Well they got they got to play that. Uh Wait. uh what's his name's uncle? Uh who plays young Obi Wan. His name is Yeah. His uncle is Dennis Lawson, oh, the original Wedge. Really? Yeah. And then they got him back anyway for... He was willing to do the little, like, in-scene fighter stuff at oh, the yeah. end of the mm-hmm. Rise of Skywalker, but he said no to, like, the girl. Wait, Von Sydow was then in Episode Seven. He was yeah. the old guy's beginning. Yeah, that's, yes. it was supposed to be Wedge instead of some old guy. Because, <laughs> yeah. oh. like, that's the thing. Oh, okay. He's, He's just say, some right. old guy, but... Yeah, I was like, who is this? Interesting. Mm-hmm. I guess Wedge would be the one who would have had Luke's plan. That's way better. Why'd they cut that? Because <laughs> he didn't want to do it. Yeah. But we don't care what Wedge looks like, so they could have cast Brian Cox. Oh, man. <laughs> Just look. You want to find Luke? He's not here. You go find him, your fucking self. <laughs> you get Jeff Bezos on the phone. <laughs> you gotta watch Succession. I, 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 I watched did. a little of it. I did. <laughs> yeah. It's a good show, but it's like, hey, everyone's horrible. That's uh, my that's favorite fun. part is he has an Alexa, and he's like, turn that off, I don't want fucking Bezos listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a good Brian Cox, man. <laughs> Uh, all right, as we as we come to the come to the conclusion here at the end of every oh, week. Oh wait, I did want to do the one thing I wanted to. Oh, but that could have, would have, shoulda. Uh, yes. And this is maybe a shouldn'ta, but uh, oh. uh, what if what if we put lyrics to some of the instrumental themes? Oh. Like, what would that be like? Yes. I was thinking of like up, which is all right. I I actually thought of these like sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. <laughs> Life it keeps floating along. That's it. That's all I got. I got. I got mine. It's oh, not yeah. as good. Oh wait, you, you got, got your own lyrics too. <laughs> I, I didn't know this was an assignment. Well, you do it improv here. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> all right, all right. Grab your tissues. Grab your loved ones. Cause this will tear you up inside. <laughs> it's a story about how old people die. <laughs> There's balloons and a house. But this movie's about how we all die. <laughs> Very good. Very yes. good. <laughs> Wonderful. Man, not, thanks for... Now I'm to put all this in post, this yeah, too. Now. They would play it right at the beginning, too, <laughs> right? Just so you know what you're yeah. getting into. I'll improvise, man. In fact, this will be if Randy Newman has scored the movie. <laughs> sometimes you're up, but sometimes you're down. Sometimes you copy Brian's lyrics. <laughs> They got a good idea. At the conclusion of every week, we like to do a little segment called Power Rankings where we, depending on the franchise, we'll be ranking the top five things, our favorite things about each of these franchises. And this week is very simple. The top five scores that Michael Giacchino did, uh, you know, just picking other movies. But I think we can open it up now, obviously, to video games and TV series, too. Uh, Brian, as our guest this week, I, I would love to hear your first foremost, what your top five is. <coughs> All right. Um, I went with uh, number one is The Incredibles, because okay. that is a very fun, uh, yeah, very recognizable, very like, ooh, jazz, gets you very involved. I'm already enjoying the movie, and then this is like the mwah on top. Mm. French chef's kid. choice. Speaking of French chefs... Uh, <laughs> Number two is not Ratatouille. No, it's up for me, up. Because that is, it's just a, that 
that hook gets you, and then that's like the movie. It it just speaks to it. It he does a lot with just a few phrases. Um, so yeah, that's my number two. Okay. Um, I, wow, I didn't put Ratatouille in here. I should have. All right, never mind. No, I know where I'll go. Uh, okay. That's like yeah, I'll put Ratatouille next. I'll okay. Put Ratatouille next. Yes, because um, yeah, it's very uh, again very evocative. Very French. Hey. My, mom, my mom is a French teacher, so uh, I've been to French. You've been to French? Yeah, I've been to France. I've been to French in my day. And they just play that music all the time. Hey. No, I, I thought it was a, yeah, that was a very fun, very light, uh, not a lot of like, I don't know, it didn't need to be like heavy. It was it was very good for what it did. Yeah. Um, I put Rogue One as the next one. Wow. Yeah, because mm. I after listening to it again, which that's one I don't think I've watched a lot again, just because I don't watch a lot of movies again. Mm-hmm. Um, but listening to it again, I was like, yeah, all right, all right, not bad. Okay, I think you you earned your spot there. And then uh, for my number five, I'm going with a wild card. It's that Medal of Honor video game. Whoa! <laughs> that, like maybe it's just the nostalgia, but when I heard that again, I was like, ooh. Yeah, all right. That, okay. I want to go to the uh, Europe and fight. No, I don't. It's terrible. <laughs> don't don't have a war. That's no, my advice. That would don't be a good advice. But you get a good soundtrack. <laughs> that's true. Man, that's a, yeah. that is a about out of left field one, but I think that's a good pick. Yeah. I'm thinking about like the one time I think I ever played Medal of Honor. I spent like an entire day playing it, and then that's like <laughs> yeah. the last time. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, you, you did a good job with that. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Fred, what about you? Alright. I got mine. I didn't put them in order, so I'm going to do it uh, off the dome here. But I am going to scrap the whole thing and say my number one, just because it's just hitting so nice for me right now, it's that Docky Strange. Oh! Like, that, that's, I wish they would have had that in that movie. Like, maybe it's in the credits or something, but mm-hmm. that's, I think it was, yeah, credits. I'm going to listen to that on the way home. That's, that's a good one. Um, then I would probably put Incredibles as my number two, probably yeah. the actual number one. But And then number three, I'd do Coco, for sure. I love Coco. We didn't even I, talk about Coco. Yeah, Coco. we didn't. I, I didn't know he did that. Well, that's a whole... That was a very good one. One thing I didn't... I wish I would have researched, because I want to know if he wrote, like, the Remember Me. Oh. like, Or if someone else wrote that and he worked right. that in. Don't get, get on that. While I finish up, I'll say, uh, then, yeah... That rat can cook. Rat that, too. Yeah. That's hey, a good one. Uh-huh. Dude can cook. Yeah. <laughs> you can cook. Mm-hmm. Anyone, anyway, everyone can cook. That number is... one Disney rodent. I don't know. Not number one. Uh-huh. Wait, I, I was gonna <laughs> say. Wait a minute. I really like we... Fr- uh, Bianca and what's his yes, name? Uh, Bernard. Bernard. Because yeah, I always say, I, got, I feel I got Bernard energy sometimes. Oh yeah, Bernard. <laughs> Rescuers. Yeah, I I thought about that last night there. Because they're, they're mouse size, not like Mickey Mouse, who's a like weirdo. Anyway, Mickey Mouse, if he walked in the room, you'd shit yourself and run away because he's a giant weird mouse, and he doesn't have teeth like a mouse. Like if you gave him like rodent teeth, he'd be a little creepier, right? He would be. The teeth yeah. sort of. It's like Sonic the Hedgehog when he had the teeth, right? Yeah. Original, well, like, he had like weird, yeah. That's yeah. why, like, like Dom Bluth, he made secrets in him. He's like, give him the biggest fucking rat yeah. teeth you can Or like Fievel, you can yeah. still have a cute mouse. Mm-hmm. And just he's a. Ooh, he's a I have to say, Fievel goes west is one of my favorite oh, movies. Yeah. It's the last performance of Jimmy Stewart, and oh. he deserves a motherfucking Oscar for him in Fievel goes west. Wow. Yeah. Rewatch Fievel goes west and check out Jimmy Stewart in that movie. 
He's like, really help me out there, kid. It slapped so hard. Yeah. The first one, I mean, uh, again, James Horner coming back oh, with it. Because oh. he wrote the Somewhere Out There. He wrote, uh, <laughs> there are no cats in America. We could do Bluth as an Ooh, episode. We should do Bluth. I, do Bluth. I would go ham for Bluth. Oh, yeah. Man. That would be pretty but good. But could you just stick with uh, One Land Before Time, please? Because <laughs> <laughs> there are no. I would do Bluth as we one episode. We don't need all 25 of those. <laughs> yeah. Um, just to circle back, Remember Me was written by Robert Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez. So. so that's why I don't put it higher, because I feel like he takes that song and he puts it in, and that's what makes yeah. the score. Yeah. There yeah. are some great tracks on that cacao. I love yeah. that. Yeah. No, and I, I think that's definitely on my list, too, just to even get into that real quick. It's like, Coco, to me, like I think about the way he did that score. It just I think he been listening to a few songs, you know, this past week as I was doing mm. the research. I was like, man, he really gets like that, that feeling of like, oh, I'm somewhere else. And I thought that that there was a similar feel, even though they're very unique scores to that and Ratatouille, and mm. maybe it's just because yeah. they do take place in totally different countries. But it just kind of like captures that that mm. essence a little bit more. Because yeah, I think Coco. Honestly, I think I like that movie better than almost the other three that we've talked about so far. Yeah. I, I think I'd have to watch it again. I should mm-hmm. watch it again. Uh, because the first time a lot of my bandwidth was taken up with the visuals, because they are so... I know it's all about music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't try to do that. But there's so much going on there where you're just like, wow. I mean, listen, we're, when we're talking about Pixar, right? It's like... Yeah. Great yeah. great Benjamin Pratt voice performance in Coco. I think yes. he's really good in that. That's true. <laughs> For a second, I thought you were saying John Benjamin. <laughs> John Benjamin. Is just, hey. Oh, yeah. Uh, where's this Coco? Yeah. Hey, yeah. Where, where's that guy again? Coco. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Coco is in there. Uh, up. I did add the Star Trek soundtrack because mm-hmm. I think I had the same discovery as you, like Rogue One. <laughs> and I was thinking, and like, I was like, man, I was like, this is this is good. Like, I'm feeling like that feels when I first saw that movie in the theater. Mm-hmm. I just felt like floored. I'm excited. Um, but yeah, then Incredibles was in there. I think my number one, though, I think Ratatouille. And maybe it's recency yeah. bias. I watched the movie, and I was mm. like, I love the score. It's great. Are yeah. you a sucker for that, like, French, like, Parisian-style music? I am, for sure. Like, if I yeah. hear that in a score, I'm like, oh. <laughs> There's just something that, like, it, like kind of, like, it, it ignites your wanderlust a little bit. Man. Mm-hmm. Like, it just sort of like, like, oh, man, I wish I was in, like, Paris right now eating something good. That and Coco, but yeah, they both do that really well. Yeah. I agree. But, I mean, it's like, I, I, you're not losing this battle if you fight for any of these is number one. Yeah. Like, you're like, yep. That's, can't they all, in a way, be number one? We agree, though. It seems like animated films are definitely these Pixars are where, like, he really can shine. But yeah. I also wonder, like, if animated films require a little bit more of that. He hasn't <laughs> done, like, a musical, has he, really? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Him and Brad Bird are Even like an animated, musical. yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah, we did. How long is it until like, we see Pixar hit Broadway? Or has it already happened? Am I really missing this? If it's gonna happen, so. it'd be Coco. I think. You think so? Yeah, I think. That I think would that be would the be the one. Because yeah, could you imagine the sets? That'd be great. Well, the costumes, right? Yeah. Like that would be. But I think with like with the the big ones that really brought the Disney music, like Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Lion King, yeah. Beauty and the Beast, those big ones, like that. It's it's a musical. It's music first. forward, yeah. Yeah, it's like a musical with animation. And the picture ones are a lot more story-based, and the music is nice in the background. And, mm-hmm. you know. um, 
But it would be interesting to give them uh, that kind of project. Yeah. Especially because, what's the term where you, like, the refra- is a refrain where you reuse notes within a different context? Like the doo-doo-doo, doo-doo-doo. I yeah. feel that's what a musical is a lot of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if you listen to something, I'll throw out Hamilton. Especially when I saw In the Heights, I'm like... Oh, there's like ten songs right. a half, but really, if you cut it down, there's like five songs a half because mm-hmm. there are a lot of reprises. Yeah, reprises. Yes, that's, yeah, what that's it the is. Literature. when they the bring them all together. Oh. Uh, or in uh, one of my other favorite musicals, South Park the movie. Oh, uh-huh. great musical! Oh, that that montage. Yeah. That should be on stage. Right? That should be Canada. on stage. That would be fun. There's some really good music. They need to do the Book yeah, of Mormon they, movie. Oh. I know they did the Book of Mormon, and that was also I just good. Want to but see like that again. South Park. Oh man, that was I think that one of the hardest laughs I've had in a theater watching uh, Uncle Fucker mm-hmm. on screen. Hottest take, I think musicals are their best medium. I think yeah, they balance. Just, they get their uh, commentary out a lot better than had the show does, I think. Yes, I think now, I agree. Have you seen their college project, Cannibal the Musical? I have not. Ooh. I know about it, though. You should check. I mean, it's not like... It's a it's a student film. You watch it, you see the, the roots. songs are freaking catchy. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's like no surprise that they had a hit musical then. Like, uh, like, yeah, you know, like, he, he, mm-hmm. he knew his he knew his stuff. That's crazy. Yeah, so I guess, you know, as we come to the end here, just offering some closing thoughts, I mean, it seems like... Giacchino's not going anywhere. We already talked about some of his upcoming projects with, you know, the next Jurassic World, the next Batman, the next Spider-Man. It's like, you know, he could be end up doing maybe a musical one of these days. But yeah, I mean, any any final just inkling things about him that you guys want to get out there? Or maybe just about music in general or scores? I don't know. Um, it'll be interesting. Maybe he'll he'll... You never know what's going to be, like, the next big movie and famous soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I guess it happens less uh, less frequently now, but, like, I don't want to say the next John Williams or anything, because there won't be a next John Williams, in a sense. Like, he's his own thing. There won't be another James Horner, etc. Mm-hmm. But it might be interesting if he, if he just gets his hand on a unique project that's not a big, separate franchise. Yeah. I think that would be exciting like i'm oh, sorry go ahead no you i was just gonna say like i'd love to see him like do tarantino's last movie or oh, something man. like really like lean yeah. in because tarantino's a guy who's like you know it's like this it's like you know McCartney thing. you know it's it's kind of like it's pastiche this thing i have a feeling like he'd be like oh yeah and like just do it you know yeah. <laughs> i really want you to catch catch leo's energy in this thing I, just get him. <laughs> that'd be good yeah yeah no, I mean, I think I, I would. I'd love to. I think you said it. I would love to see him do something disconnected. I think that's why it's so good about his Pixar scores is that this is like you don't have to try and live up to John Williams or Hans Zimmer, anybody right. who came before you. You can do your own thing. And mm-hmm. because it seems like he's been on John Williams' coattails for like <laughs> these franchises he's doing. Which so. is, I mean, they're giving it to him. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he's not going to be like, no, thanks. Yeah. I <laughs> know. But it's good. Yeah. Well, I think that's uh, that wraps up our episode. Uh, All right, see ya. Yeah. <laughs> Later. Leave the room. No. Uh, but was, thanks for coming and joining us here, Brian. Sure. Um, you got anything you want to plug? Yeah. We don't know when this is coming out, but... Sure. Uh, um, why not just check out the theater.com uh, All right. Uh, that's the, hopefully, we're going to be opening uh, in October... Maybe this will come out after that. Fingers crossed. It's it's coming up. We're getting our 
permits back. Uh, hopefully the uh, Delta variant doesn't uh, kill a lot of people. Now, are you or, thinking of having like really good improvising groups, like championship teams? Yeah, performing? yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Some kind of like really good and yeah. We'll Definitely, see about that. Yeah. <laughs> really make them fight it out. hmm You know, I think I think it'd be great to have another, you know, tournament of improv. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we gotta start with a clean slate though. You can't yeah, well. pass pass glory. Yeah. Our trophy's still there. Um anyway, so yeah, check that out. There's gonna be we do have like uh live slash stream shows that are coming out. We have a YouTube channel, you can watch old shows. Um, and it's, uh, it's exciting. Oh, it's great. Yes. The interchangetheater.com. Yes. Okay. And if you really want, uh, check out Uncle Fergus Magic Whiskey Band on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, there's not a lot of activity right now because the world has been shut down. Yes. Um, but, uh, we're gonna, we've been rehearsing and we're gonna try to get out there, do some gigs. So. That's something I definitely want to see. Absolutely. I have not gotten to see them yet. Not so. yet. I think we have a, a video on there of, like, the last... Uh, set we played we played in uh, Amanda's basement because it was like the shutdown happened on like, St. Patrick's <laughs> that was like the day the shutdown was St. Patrick's right. so uh, yeah check that stuff awesome well thank you so much for coming yeah, Brian thanks for having You're us you welcome yeah, thank you thanks for having, for having us thanks, yeah. thanks for joining that's us that's right now thanks for having us house. yeah now we're handing the podcast mm-hmm. off to Brian here's your My new post of the franchise this is me <laughs> <laughs> We'll be covering Brian next on the State of the Franchise. <laughs> yes, we'll be talking all about Brian Bayer and his own franchise. Mm-hmm. Now, the next episode, I believe we're going to cover, and we could already announce it, is going to be Edgar Wright's Cornetto Trilogy. Yes. I'm very excited. That's uh, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The, the World's End. Mm-hmm. Or is it At World's End? The, uh, at the world's end. Wait, isn't one of those a Pirates of the Caribbean too? Yeah. Yes, I, that's yeah. why I got very fucked No, it's world's called world's On Stranger Tides. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. On Stranger Tides, the third film, and Edgar Wright's Ratchet. No, it's uh, the world's end. Pretty sure. I yes. tried to look up getting Cornetto's sent from. Oh, <laughs> it's not a thing. Not I can't We're gonna have to get just drumsticks and Listen, just eat like. That's the second best thing <laughs> we got, and you know it's like. The other thing, they have Cadbury Egg McFlurries in the UK. Yeah. They don't make their way over here, and I'm very upset. Well, dude, this year, I'll just bring over some Cadbury's right. and ice cream, and we'll just... Honestly, we right? could make our own, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, but I just, like, I'm like... Check down they, the man. Why do they do ice cream better than us? I just don't get it. Another episode. Cadbury. Cadbury. <laughs> Dairy franchises. So, thanks for joining us, everybody, and talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for tuning in this week. Please remember to like and subscribe. We're available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, please go ahead and rate and review us. It really does help getting our name out there. And stay tuned next week. We will be covering Edgar Wright's Three Flavors Cornetto Trilogy, which is Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and as a correction to what we were just talking about, The End of the World is the name of the third title, not At World's End. That is Pirates of the Caribbean. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. I like doing that with a lot of like <laughs> Jurassic Park. 
like, we've got dinosaurs. Hey, look, dinosaurs. And then the end of the movie, no more dinosaurs. No more dinosaurs. We are done. The Mandalorian. <laughs> such a big, he's the Mandalorian. He's the Mandalorian. That's it. That's all you need. This is all going in the hammer at the end. I'm just going to keep doing Brian lyrics. He's a guy with a little song.